We will be learning the Sicha Hay, the fifth Sicha on Parshas Ekev in Lekutei Sicha Yitzchelik Yutes, which starts on page 121. In this Sicha, the Rebbe speaks about the inner meaning of the mitzvah of Mezuzah, which appears in our Parsha. And we learn the deeper lessons inherent in the Mezuzah, what the Mezuzah does for us, and what is so unusual and unique about this mitzvah. So the Rebbe begins by telling us that when the Torah tells us about this mitzvah in our parsha, in this parsha the mitzvah appears in the Haya Im Shamoa, in Perik Yud Aleph, in the 11th chapter of the Chumash, and that is familiar to all of us as the second parsha of the Shema, which we say every morning and every night. And the theme of that chapter of Chumash is about all the wonderful rewards that Hashem will give us in the land of Eretz Yisrael if we follow his ways and listen to his Torah. And towards the end of that paragraph, we learn that Hashem says as follows, tells Moshe to tell us, or really Moshe tells it to us, it doesn't say in our Chumash that Hashem said it. And you should write these words that I am telling you on the doorposts of your homes and of your and the gates of your cities, your places. And then the Torah follows by telling us the reward for doing that. And these are the words that are familiar to most of us. So that the days, your days should increase. And similarly, the days of your children to have long life in the land of Eretz Yisrael. And we learn in the Shulchan Aruch, it actually says the following words, and you know, anyone who is careful with the mitzvah of mezuzah is promised long life for himself and long life for his descendants. The fact that the Torah notifies us about the reward for the mitzvah of mezuzah indicates a certain similarity to other mitzvahs where the reward is similar, long life. For example, the mitzvah of honoring our parents. We are promised the reward of long life, etc. But when it comes to the mitzvah of mezuzah, we find something that we do not find by any other mitzvah when it speaks about reward. Our sages teach us, and this is brought down in the books of halacha, that when we put up a mezuzah on the doorpost of our home, Hashem will watch over that home, and it even brings the following analogy that when there is not real an analogy, it shows the opposite, but when you have a king of flesh and blood, he stays inside and his servants protect him from outside. But you Jewish people, you will be sleeping in your beds and Hashem will be protecting you from outside. This is part of the reward for putting up the mezuzah. What is this shmira? What exactly is this watching, this guarding that Hashem does for us that gets accomplished through mezuzah? So this is not the actual reward for the mitzvah, but this is something that is a pleasure and benefit from the mitzvah itself, in addition to the reward. So in our parsha, we learn the reward for the mitzvah. That long life is the reward that the Torah promises. But we learn in other svarim that 
In addition to that, the very fact that we put up the mezuzah, by definition, that brings protection. That is even greater than the reward of long life because the reward of long life is like the reward for a mitzvah. We do the mitzvah and then comes a reward. But here, before there is even that reward, there is something greater. The very fact that we put up a mezuzah, that automatically provides protection. That is what mezuzah, the mitzvah of mezuzah is all about. So not that this benefit, this pleasure of the mezuzah is something additional to the actual fulfillment of the deed, but as we learn in the Gemara, in the commentaries, the whole purpose of the mitzvah is to watch over us. Now, how is this different from other mitzvahs that we do, where we are promised reward? So let's see, the Rebbe says, that generally speaking, when we speak about the reward for a mitzvah, why does the Torah tell us the reward for a mitzvah? So on the most literal level, we understand that if we are told the reward, it will help us to do the mitzvah better. It will make us more diligent in the doing of the mitzvah, as our sages tell us. La'olam yastok adam betorah mitzvos. This is brought in the Talmud that forever a person should occupy himself with Torah and with mitzvot. And even if he doesn't do it initially for the sake of heaven, it's okay, because we all know that even if we start out doing something with an ulterior motive or for our own benefit, but being that we are doing a mitzvah, we're doing what Hashem wants, ultimately we will do it for the sake of heaven. And the Rambam brings, when he discusses the laws of tshuva, the laws of return, and he says that this is really the way you teach. When you teach young children, when we start teaching them Torah, how do we teach them? How do we inspire them to do the mitzvah? So we promise them all kinds of rewards and all kinds of gifts. And as they mature, their minds increase, their understanding increases, and they become wiser. And ultimately, they begin to appreciate what the Torah calls the secret, that there is something even greater than doing it for the reward, but rather doing it because Hashem wants us to do it. And the Rambam elaborates also when he comments on the Mishnah where he says that all those that have not yet reached the level of Avraham Avinu, the level of doing something only out of love for Hashem, only because that's what Hashem wants, they have to be brought to a level where they can appreciate that on their own. And therefore, we try to make them more diligent by offering them rewards and things of that nature, and ultimately their intent in doing the mitzvah becomes stronger and stronger, and they will ultimately do it l'shem shamayim. But on the other hand, we understand that when we do a mitzvah, only because we want the reward, even though we are still doing the mitzvah, the mitzvah is not done in the most perfect manner because it's not for the sake of heaven necessarily. And even if we do a mitzvah because we want to do the commandment of our Creator, the commandment of Hashem, we may also have in mind that we will benefit from it. For example, the Gemara tells us that a person gives tzedakah, a person gives charity and helps the poor because he wants a blessing for his son or he wants to have life in the world to come. 
So even though when he's doing the mitzvah, he's a perfectly righteous person, and the mitzvah is definitely being fulfilled, but being that there is another motive, the mitzvah is not done in the most perfected manner. But when, so this would refer to all mitzvahs when it comes to doing them for the sake of reward. However, when it comes to the mezuzah, the whole purpose of the mezuzah is to watch over us. So the fact that the mezuzah watches over us is not that this is the reward for putting up the mezuzah, but it is actually the mitzvah itself. This is what the mitzvah is. So even if we're doing it for the sake of having our homes being watched and benefiting from the protection that the mezuzah offers us, we are really fulfilling it in full because what is the mitzvah all about? The whole purpose of the mitzvah is to protect us. And more than that, notice when we put up a mezuzah, we put the mezuzah on the doorpost which looks out onto the street, onto the public properties, and this is where it's going to watch us. So the mezuzah is a protection for us, not only that what we're thinking when we're putting it up that is going to protect us, but this is the whole mitzvah. It's keeping guard over us practically just by being in that spot. It is protecting us from all the negative things that God forbid could come the way of a person. So now we have a question that ever says. In spite of all we said, it's brought down in the Torah, in Halacha, that the, the intent of the one who fulfills the mitzvah should really be only to do the mitzvah because that is what Hashem told us to, that is what Hashem wants. And one should not really think about the fact that the mezuzah is a protection because that seems to take away from the full intent. But on the other hand, the Torah, this work of halach, is not coming to say that one is not allowed to know that one will benefit from the protection of the mezuzah, but it's coming to tell us the following, that you're allowed to think about it. However, we should know that we are doing the mitzvah not because of the benefit which will automatically be encouraged by doing the mitzvah, but we should do the mitzvah with the same passion and with the same uh, desire as we would do a mitzvah even if we would not have any benefit from it. If the mezuzah was a mitzvah that did not offer protection, we should do the mitzvah just because Hashem told us to do it. But if we have in mind that Hashem wanted us to put something over our homes to protect us, even if we do it for that benefit, we are still fulfilling the mitzvah, even though it's not necessarily initially l'shem shamayim. And again, we quote the Rambam who says, we try to instill some kind of excitement, some kind of spirit in the person who does the mitzvah, ultimately they'll come to the right intent. Now we're going to talk about something else that relates to the laws that have to do with the mezuzah that the Rambam speaks about and see a little bit better what is this mezuzah all about and what is this protection that it provides. The Rambam writes, regarding those people who write onto the mezuzah, inside the mezuzah, the names of various malachim, 
of various angels because they think it will offer them extra protection. So the Rambam says about these people that they are in the category of those who don't have a portion in the world to come. He calls them fools, tipshim. These fools, not only is it not enough for them that they sort of abolished the mitzvah, they nullified the mitzvah, but they thought they're making the mitzvah better, they're making their own, as if this mezuzah now becomes some sort of amulet that they will de derive pleasure from in this world and they take away from it the godly dimension. So what do we see here? That when the mezuzah beco starts becoming considered as an amulet for one's personal pleasures to protect him, so this is definitely not for the sake of heaven, but the Rambam calls this tipshus absolute folly and the Rambam also adds that such a person is in the category of one who doesn't have a chalik, one who doesn't have a portion in the world to come. So what is the Rambam really saying here? Because according to the Rambam, if you put even one letter inside the mezuzah, if you're adding to what the mezuzah is all about, the mezuzah itself is possible and it doesn't have any value. So now the Rebbe is going to tell us what is really being taught in this Rambam. And the Rebbe says these words, in truth, we cannot say regarding this halacha of the Rambam that what is prohibited here is the fact that a person has an intent to benefit from the mezuzah, even though it's not l'shem shamay, not for the sake of heaven, but to benefit for his own ulterior motives. Because in addition to the fact that that's, is that a reason why the Rambam would call this person a fool? We know that the mezuzah is given to us to protect us, so the fact that the person knows he'll get protection doesn't seem to be so terrible. And then the Rambam should say such a harsh thing about such a person, that he is in the cloud, included, incorporated, with those who don't have a share in the world to come. If the Rambam himself says that when there is a person, a healthy person, who reads psukim, reads verses of the Torah, lines of Torah, in order to get protection from it, it's permitted. In other words, we are allowed to take words of Torah to protect ourselves, to secure ourselves. And we don't say that this is considered taking something and making an amulet out of it for one's personal benefit. But the Rambam here himself is trying to explain to us that when he says the words, as it, like he is making out of this mezuzah by putting in it the names of Malachim, that it's like an amulet for his own benefit. Because why? Because Allah alibam, they have the thought in their hearts, hasachal in their foolish hearts, that this is something that will give them benefit in all the foolish and empty things of this world. So the fact that they are writing into the mezuzah the names of the Malachim, even though the mezuzah itself is a protection. This shows that for them, this mezuzah is not a mitzvah because if it's a mitzvah and it comes from Hashem and it represents the fact that Hashem is guarding our homes and taking care of us, how can any individual add to that? If he's adding to it, it's obviously not a godly thing because Hashem has the ultimate protection for us, but it's for his own personal benefits, for his own personal needs. And that is called a tipshus. That is called something silly, something foolish, because of mezuzah. What makes the mezuzah able to protect us? How does this piece of parchment offer help to an individual? So the Rebbe says here, like this, 
because a mezuzah is a shmirah, it offers a protection when it is a mitzvah. And the fact that this is something we do because Hashem told us to do it, that's okay. But if we add to it, what are we doing? We're not really doing it for the sake of the mitzvah, but we're doing it for our own benefit. And that's why the Rambam says that it is not really good at all. And it's Elam Chelak Olam Haba. These people don't have a portion in the world to come because they are taking the words of Torah and they are using it only for the benefit of the body, for the benefit of the material and the physical. And people who appreciate life only on that level and don't appreciate the godly dimension of life and don't understand that whatever is in the Torah is a spiritual thing, this puts them in that negative category where the Rambam puts them. But if one takes a mezuzah that is kosher and doesn't add anything in it, he just takes the mezuzah as it is, and while he's putting up the mezuzah, he has in mind that he wants to benefit from the protection that this mezuzah has to offer because this is a mitzvah. So he's definitely in the category of one who was one who is fulfilling the mitzvah, not for the sake of heaven, but he is still fulfilling the mitzvah. Especially if he's doing it, not only because it has the protective benefit, but he really is also doing and fulfilling a mitzvah that Hashem commanded, because Hashem commanded us to put something upon the doorposts of our home that will protect us, and thus he is doing the mitzvah completely. Now we go into another discussion relating to another halacha regarding a mezuzah. The Rebbe tells us that the shmirah, the protection that gets accomplished through the mezuzah is not a reward, it's not something auspicious additional to the mitzvah itself, but this is an integral part of the mitzvah itself. And this will help us now understand a wondrous thing that Rebbe says that we find discussed by the Chachamim in the Talmud regarding the mitzvah of mezuzah. The Mishnah discusses different types of kalim, different types of vessels or containers that have certain types of interiors that can hold certain things. And this discussion refers to the laws of pure and impure when such vessels can become ritually impure. And one of these kalim, one of these implements is as follows. Makel, a stick, a staff that has in it an area that one can put a mezuzah into. So the Tosfos commentary, Tosfos Yantav commentaries on this and says, it seems that there were people in the times of the Mishnah who would carry with them a mezuzah in the part of their staff, in the part of their stick, their walking stick, that would be made to hold a mezuzah. And they considered this something good, they considered it a mitzvah, and they, a good deed, and they considered it something offering them protection. So the fact that this is brought down, that there is such a concept in halacha that people would do this, and the halacha doesn't say that this is not allowed, so obviously this was something that people did, and obviously there is a place for it in halacha. So what is this? So let's see. The Rebbe says, from here we see that the mezuzah itself possesses the ability to protect. Even if we're not doing a mitzvah 
by having the mezuzah, the mezuzah by nature offers and provides protection. And then at the Gemara Yerushalmi, we read an interesting story that Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Rabbi Yudha Nossi, the author and editor of the Mishnah, once sent a gift to an individual whose name was Artavon. And the Rebbe says that the Artavon was not a Yid. And Rabbi Yudha Nossi said to him that he's sending him a gift that even when he is sleeping, when Artavon is sleeping, this gift will protect him. In other words, he is sending this to a Gentile. A Gentile does not have in any way, shape, or form the commandment to have a mezuzah, but Rabbi Yudha Hanasi, nonetheless, sent him a gift that is a mezuzah, that if, that if he will have this mezuzah, it will protect him. So when one reads this, one begins to ponder, to ponder. If we saw that there was a custom to put a mezuzah into a staff, so this shows that what did they put into this holder in their stick? That it wasn't just any portion of Torah. Obviously, a portion of Torah is always protective. Torah is a protection. But it was specifically the parsha of mezuzah, the parsha that we about the mezuzah, because whatever we put in the mezuzah, because that is a shmirah. So how does this apply? As far as we know, the mezuzah becomes an instrument of protection for us if we put it up on the wall, if we put it up on the doorpost of the home, the way halacha determines that we should put it up. But what about the fact that it's not put up and it's carried around? How is this a protection? But now we'll understand. This is an amazing thing, being that the that mezuzah offers protection and the protection comes from the very item from the very entity of the mezuzah itself. So therefore, being that the mezuzah radiates protection, so and it's in the mezuzah all the time, even before we fulfill the actual mitzvah of mezuzah, because it was written for the sake of a mezuzah, that's what makes it a mitzvah. It already has some kind of protection. And to understand this better, the Rebbe, towards the end of the sikha, relates a story in the name of his father-in-law, the previous Rebbe. We all know that the previous Rebbe was arrested by the Yevsexia, by the Jewish communists in the year 1927. And he was brought to prison and he was treated very, very roughly. And then they brought him to, inter to be interrogated. And he was obviously not cooperating with his with those who imprisoned him, and he did not listen to them. And he was determined to show them that whatever they said really meant nothing to him. They caught on to this, and they were very annoyed. And they said to the Rebbe these words, do you realize where you are? And the Rebbe answered the following words, certainly I know where I am. And I find myself in such a place which is exempt from a mezuzah. And then the Rebbe continued that there are certain places, certain rooms, where one is exempt from putting up a mezuzah. And the Rebbe gave it two examples, like a stable where one keeps horses or a bathroom. These, these rooms do not require a mezuzah. 
There's something about them that's not holy enough for a mezuzah. Now comes the question that raises this question. Why would the Friedrich Rebbe say something negative? Why, when they asked him, does he know where he is? Why did he say he's in a place that's not obligated in a mezuzah? Wouldn't it have made more, wouldn't it have been more suitable, rather, to say something positive, that he is in a place where even here one can see divine providence? And this is what the Friedrich Rebbe did by emphasizing when he repeated the stories that happened in prison before he was interrogated and afterwards. His whole point was that God runs the world and the whole world is filled with his glory. But especially when the, and that the Friedrich Rebbe wanted to show, as he said himself several times, and one could read this in the Friedrich Rebbe Sichas and the Lakuta Diburim is written with great elaboration, that he was determined to conduct himself with such strength and to show them that he's completely not concerned with anything that they tell him. They mean to him absolutely nothing, as if they don't exist. So wouldn't it, ha wouldn't it have made more sense for the Rebbe to say positive things, like I am in a place where God exists also, or things of that nature. Moreover, the Rebbe explains that the previous Rebbe wanted, while he was in that place, in the prison, he wanted to benefit from the shmira, from the protective qualities of the mezuzah. Being that he could not practically fulfill the mezuzah, at that, the mitzvah of mezuzah at that time, he did something else instead. He did something that related to the mezuzah. To mention the mitzvah, for example, we have sometimes certain things when we can't fulfill a certain mitzvah, we do something to be reminded of the mitzvah. For example, on Pesach, on the Seder plate, we put a roasted piece of meat, it's a or a neck of a chicken or whatever it is, to show that this is reminding us of carbon Pesach. We can bring carbon Pesach when we are in exile, when the Beis HaMikdash is not standing, but it's in memory of the carbon Pesach. Or as we learn a halacha, that we can't bring carbonos today, but if you learn about karbonos, it's as if you have brought them. So the Rebbe wanted to benefit from the protection of the mezuzah. So he was determined to make mention of the mezuzah and to speak about mezuzah, to explain something about the laws of mezuzah. And this way he would benefit from some of the protective qualities of the mezuzah. And therefore, he stated the halacha and he clarified the halacha Yes, you want to know where I am? I am in a place that is completely exempt from mezuzah. What did the Rebbe accomplish here? He showed doubly, in two ways, his connection to the mezuzah. Number one, by learning about the laws of mezuzah. So as we said before, Chazal tell us that if you're studying about the laws of a carbon, it's as if you brought a carbon. So by talking about laws of mezuzah in this very place, he is fulfilling, in a sense, the mitzvah of mezuzah. Number two, being that he clarified the following, that this particular house, this particular place in the prison where he was, would perhaps be in the category of a doorpost of a room or of a house that needs a mezuzah. 
But he said, but in this particular case, it is exempt from the mezuzah. So what did he do? Not only did he fulfill the Torah of the mezuzah, learning about the mezuzah, uh, because he wanted to talk about it because he couldn't fulfill the mitzvah, but also actually a connection with the mezuzah. The connection is that, yes, we would have to put a mezuzah if this was a different kind of a room, but the kind of place it's now, it is completely free from needing a mezuzah. Or in other words, that Rebbe says, what is the connection of a house to a mezuzah in either of two ways? A house that requires a mezuzah, so that is a positive connection by putting up the mezuzah on the doorpost of the house. So we have done something positive to fulfill the mitzvah. On the other hand, a room that does not, or a home that does not require a mezuzah, so it still has a connection. What's the connection? How do you fulfill the command of the Torah by not putting up a mezuzah there? That's still part of Torah. Here you are allowed to do it, you must do it. Here you're not allowed to do it at all. And the Rebbe says, we must say that this is the reason why my father-in-law chose to say it when they said to him, uh, the police, the people who had brought him in, the Yavsexia, do you know where you are? Yes, he said, I am in a home that is free from a mezuzah because this brought for him a shmira, brought the Friedrich Rebbe himself a shmira of mezuzah. And in conclusion, the Rebbe brings this down into the practical qualities of the mezuzah campaign. And the Rebbe says, from learning all this, it becomes clear to us, what is the great schus? What is the great merit that one has by putting effort into the campaign of mezuzah and especially in these days, the Rebbe spoke the Sicha after a terrible tragedy in Eretz role, where people lost their lives. And the Rebbe said like this, that the Jewish people are like a little sheep, a little lamb among 70 wolves. Who is the provider? Who is the savior of these sheep? The shepherd who saves them and protects them, of course, referring to Hashem especially as most recent events have shown and where we saw concretely that life was lost and it happened to be that the homes of these people who tragically lost their lives did not have the mezuzos that they should, that, that they should have. And what does it mean a mezuzah? that should be the way it should be. So we know that the mezuzah must be written a certain way and it must be rolled up a certain way. And when it's rolled up on the outside, it must say the three letters of Hashem's name, Shin, Dalet, and Yud. And the letters Shin, Dalet, and Yud, which refer to one of the names of Hashem, really are made up of the, it's an acrostic for the expression. The Shin stands for Shomer, he guards. The Dalet stands for Dalsos the plural of Delos, Ador, and the Yod stands for Yisrael, the Jewish people, in this very name that gets put up on the outside of the rolled up mezuzah, we indicate that Hashem watches over the doors of the Jewish people, and this tragically was lacking. So now one must put in tremendous effort, the biggest possible effort, that every single Jewish home should have a mezuzah upon all the doors that halachically require a mezuzah, 
and the mezuzah must also be put up according to halacha, exactly in the right place, at the right angle, according to all the laws and all the details of the laws. And in conclusion, the Rebbe says that this effort should be felt and practiced both by men and by women, because men and women have an equal obligation in fulfilling the mitzvah of mezuzah. As the Gemara makes the statement, Men want to live and have to live. Women don't have to live and don't want to live. And moreover, the Rebbe says that the woman, in addition to the fact that the mezuzah brings life and protection to the man and to the woman, the woman is called Akeres Habayis. She is the mainstay of the home. And therefore, the woman has a special task to make sure, to ensure rather, that all the things that have to happen in the home should happen according to the way the Torah wants them to happen. Of course, this automatically includes the fact that the home needs a protection, as the post says, the mezuzah must appear on the doorpost of your home. And this will bring a shmira, a protection, Hashem will guard on the home, and upon everything that finds itself in the home, and more than that, what kind of protection will it be? As we know from Davar HaMal saying in Tilim, Hashem Yishmar Tzeischa Uvoecha Me'ata Va'ad Olam that Hashem will watch over you not only when you are in the home and not only the things that are in the home as well, but Yishmar Tzeischa, even when you go out of the home, Hashem will protect you wherever you are if you have the mezuzahs properly affixed to the doors in the right way and in the right place. And the last paragraph that Rebbe tells us, being that all the Jewish people are ravim we are all mixed in one with another, we are all responsible one for another, we are all guarantors one for the other, and more than that, all the Jewish people are ekol ma'achas, we are actually all detailed parts of one particular body, we are all one entity, one being, so here we understand that if we add in the observance of the mitzvah of mezuzah by making sure that every single room that requires a mezuzah has one, there will be an increase in the protection of the whole body, of all the Jewish people together. Every single yid, man, woman, and child, wherever he or she may find himself or herself, Adrabba concludes with the words of the Pasuk, of Tilim, chapter 121, Hashem Yishmarcha, uh, Hashem Yishmar Tzeischa Uvoecha, I'm sorry, Hashem Yishmarcha Tzeischa Uvoecha, Me'ata Olam, Hashem will protect your coming in, and Hashem will protect your going out forever and ever. May we merit to have this fulfilled speedily in our day, through the observance of mezuzah, the spreading of mezuzahs to other yidin, and through the coming of Mashiach, where we will revel in the glory of the ultimate protection and see eye to eye with the Eibishter.